Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast, the show where we usually remove, review uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies plus Deadpool. And at some point, we'll get to Deadpool 2. And that's, we were supposed to have a guest today, but that went somewhere else. So in the meantime, in the meantime, I'm going to take over this ship and we're going to do some general MCU news and notes. And we're also going to get a little bit into Ant-Man and the Wasp as that comes out next week. If you know this voice, I am Anthony Canton III, one of the illustrious co-hosts. First, introducing Jake Christie, the sorted buff. What's up, sir? Uh, nothing much, you know, uh, just, I'm toughing it out, I was, I was telling you guys, you, as you said, that this is my flu game, and you're the pip into my drawer, and I really appreciate that. <laughs> oh, no problem, I'm, I'm gonna try and carry you through, brother. We also have the, uh, Moonwalking Maven, the, uh, video editing Titan, uh, Jerome Chang, aka Black Dragon Roll, in the building, what's up, brother? I think I'm gonna start introducing myself to other people that way, just in a very arrogant way, but I'm, I'm doing great, I'm doing great, how are you? <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. It's good to have you on. And of course, as always, she has the Infinity Take Gauntlet. She has all of the takes that will strike fear into the hearts of everybody on Twitter and in the universe. Nitan Bluffstein, what's good? I'm going to be so rude when we talk about the TV universe. I know I already told you guys that, but just uh, I'm doing great. Other than that. <laughs> Today, her rudeness is be sponsored by Adidas. <laughs> 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 Oh, man, that's great. Good job, Jerome. Um, Nonetheless, nonetheless, okay, before we even get into Ant-Man and the Wasp, that comes out next week. I'm looking forward to seeing that movie. I'm looking forward to talking about that movie. Um, A couple of things have happened in the MCU as of late that have taken, you know, have caught my eye a little bit, and I wanted to discuss them with you guys. First, uh, First and foremost, Captain Marvel... Obviously, we know Captain Marvel is going to come out next March, March 8th, 2019. And we obviously saw the first symbol of her at the end of Infinity War, at the very end when Nick Fury faded away. So we heard from uh, studio head Kevin Feige that Captain Marvel is going to be the face of the MCU going forward, which I found fascinating for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, because... Captain Marvel is kind of like a relatively new character for most uh, fans of the MCU. And and I think a lot of people find that interesting. I also find it interesting because I kind of feel like that might lead to uh, that being a little bit of a spoiler in the sense of the fate of some of our beloved Avengers in Avengers 4. So I'm going to throw it out to the panel. I'll go with you, Nitsan, first. Captain Marvel as the face of the MCU. How do you feel about that? Woman shit. Okay. No, I'm going to like <laughs> take that. Uh, what was I going to... So, I... I don't know if it's that weird to like Marvel fans in general to introduce a new character and say that she's going to be the face of the franchise because we kind of knew that this portion of it was coming to an end, right? And we had to figure out how we go into the future because the Marvel Cinematic Universe isn't ending. There's so many more phases to come. So, A, I knew that I feel like we all kind of knew that we needed a new face. Captain Marvel being the person that's going to help them defeat Thanos makes the most sense to me. Um, I don't know that much shit about her because I don't read the comics, but from everything that I know and read, I'm just hyped as hell for her. And I really hope Cap dies. So, like, (laughs) let's go. 
<laughs> I hope Cap I dies. Like... It's funny. Only the Kobe one captain of the Marvel yeah. Universe, right? Yo, I also. What'd you say? The Kobe Bryant of the Marvel yeah, Universe. Yeah, you know, I, I compared Cap to Kobe, and I had people on my mentions for a week. Yo, don't piss off Lakers fans. <laughs> who, who was it more offensive to though like cat fans or kobe fans kobe fans because nobody really gives a shit about cap and i'm like cap's not the goat and anybody that watched infinity war can't mm. say that he was right everyone's like it's thor and like iron man did some shit but he's not the goat but he like mm-hmm. matter or i guess he's steph the thing also know. not for nothing <laughs> i can't think of anyone except for literally god incarnate that you could compare kobe to that wouldn't piss off kobe fans <laughs> Basically, like that's fair. That's I'm fair. gonna see, that. see how angry people get. Anyways, people got hella angry at me, but I think Cap sucks. So I'm really, I'm ready. To, like, well, there you go. It's not that Cap was necessarily the face of the franchise. I know that it was Tony, and I think we're all kind of. I feel, I feel like we're all not sure about what's gonna happen to Tony in the future. We could either see him going into the sunset, or we could see him dying. Mm-hmm. So I hope he gets to stay. But you know, that's it. Uh, man, shit. I I don't want to see Tony die, but I think I think there's a stronger possibility now before than I originally had thought. With that statement being made, and also some of the ways that I've kind of surmised how I see Avengers Four, how I view Avengers Four, and how I see that going, I could see them kind of just wiping the slate clean in a sense, and and getting rid of the the old guard and moving you know completely forward with some of the younger the younger characters Jerome Captain Marvel what do you think I'm excited uh, I don't know a lot about Captain Marvel either but I think the only reason why you could really be upset is like if you're super attached to what you've known before growing up with Marvel but to me it's an exciting place to go to partly because um I don't know why I, I liken it kind of to Game of Thrones where like everyone knew what was going to happen because it was written in the books. But going into like a relatively unknown place where you don't predict, you can't exactly predict what's going to happen with things. Like I like that idea because I can start enjoying these in ways where I'm not immediately connecting with things I know from the comics. And that's something that's going to be really cool about it. And also, um, I, I believe I read it. Uh, Kevin Feige had really said it himself that, you know, there is a reason why the people who survived survive. Like it's clearly going to be a setup for a passing on to the newer generation of it. And I'm really excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. Jake, what do you think? Well, I'm excited because um, I think that they, that Robert Downey Jr. is so central to um, the franchise because you need a like a super confident and electric and like engaging performer in order to like be the leader of all these you know other big performers and um i from everything i've seen brie larson she just is so effortless at stuff like that and like i could see um like there are actors i like a lot that i couldn't see having that like the effortlessness you need because that's the thing about like tony stark it's like He's the leader because he is, not because they don't need to. He doesn't have to have a big speech to talk about why mm-hmm. he's. You know what I mean? And so, I'm excited for that. Honestly, I'm excited for uh, a woman to be in charge of the Avengers because the uh, amount of movies made about guys as opposed to uh, girls in the MCU is not great. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's nice, um, especially because like it's not just purely a token thing. It's that like Captain Marvel is the most powerful. At least as far as I understand. Yeah. What was that, Nisa? 
I said, yeah, bitch. I'm just interrupting you. Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's absolutely fair. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it just – I'm just fascinated to see the movie. Um, and I think that, that – I think that the reason why Kevin Feige probably came out and said stuff like this is because – not that Marvel movies need any help getting people to watch them, but I definitely mm-hmm. think that that's – that statements like that are just like – little breadcrumbs that are going to lead people to be more excited to see Captain Marvel. You know what I mean? Because, like, if you're someone who saw Infinity War and liked it a lot but haven't seen, like, every MCU movie in theaters, you might be like, oh, crap, where is this going? Oh, Captain Marvel's going to be the new leader. Let me see her movie because she's important. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, especially if she's if she's supposed to be allegedly be the strongest one that there is, the strongest hero uh, that is being introduced. And... To see how that kind of takes shape going forward is going to be so much fun to see see play out. And and then, of course, how she's going to interact with everybody after her movie. But, but her movie, of course, there's so many parts of that that I'm interested in, too. The, the idea of it being set in the 90s. The idea we get to see Coulson again. Uh, uh, Nick Fury with hair and, and no eye patch. So the, all of that type it's of stuff. Yeah, Coulson, don't you TV universe folk already have colson quick question uh it depends what <laughs> ones you watch as i said before the pod i only watch the netflix ones so no i don't right um and you know also uh, yeah obviously uh i have some problems with them bringing back agent uh agents of shield bringing back colson but if we're talking about the movie canon he's dead uh you can have plenty mm-hmm. of time to to you know light up the tv universe later now is oh yeah that was a oracle question just to dig at anthony <laughs> All right. I don't dig at you, but you can go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that point later. I'll, I'll, we'll get to that point later. Nonetheless, as we we move on to the next, so the next uh, topic, the letting of nugget uh, that we can discuss is uh, Tom Holland, who can't help himself in terms of revealing uh, spoilerific <laughs> things. Uh, Spider Man, the next Spider Man, July fifth, twenty nineteen, a couple months after Avengers four. Is will be titled Spider-Man Far From Home, and we will be following Peter Parker on summer vacation, going to Europe with his friends. Um, I'm fascinated the whole Far From Home storyline, and Kevin Feige also speaks to this. Can I, can I interrupt home. to talk about the way that this was like announced and dropped? Yeah, you know yeah, me. go ahead. Me, anyone who's means. ever listened to me on the Back to Back podcast talking to Jade, you know I absolutely abhor conspiracy theories. But I think now, like I think it's, I think it's kind of like a wink and a nod. It's not like Tom, you go spoil this. It's like, oh, it'd sure be a shame if you were to, you know, let people know the title, which is perfectly fine in terms of the realm of conspiracies. It's not that bad. But I gotta say, like, if I think it's a conspiracy, then it probably, uh, I'm, I'm very skeptical of them. So I think that they are gonna be in Europe, though. That they said that. Yes. Yes. Because Tom Holland basically accidentally no. leaked the title, and no. then. No. What if? What if it starts off with him in space? Maybe it does. We don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know. Uh, also, some people have theorized the idea of maybe Miles Morales actually making an appearance in some type of way, shape, or form. Uh, whether Peter comes back or finds his way back and is struggling a little bit, I can kind of surmise the the idea of you know, whether he returns or not in Avengers 4, quote-unquote, remains to be seen. But I think, it, I think it would be pretty cool to see whether they introduce the Miles Morales character at some point because once they made that nod in Spider-Man Homecoming to uh, Donald Glover's character, uh, Aaron Miles, a.k.a. The Prowler, 
as uh, Miles Morales' uncle. We're going to see Miles Morales at some point, and I mm-hmm. feel like they're going to drop him in, possibly, potentially, in this film. Um, but I do think, obviously, Tom Holland will be back. I think you, you know we'll see him in many, many Spider-Mans uh, going forward. But um, I think one of the things that I want to see in this movie more than anything else, and they kind of teased it um, in the um, post-credits of Spider-Man Homecoming, I kind of want to see the Sinister Six. I think that would be dope if they ever got that type of uh, team together to go up against Spider-Man. Now, can I, can I just clarify something as someone who didn't read the comics? The Sinister Six are what you uh, fight against in the Spider-Man ride at Universal Studios Florida, correct? Yes, that is okay, correct. Okay, thank you. Just make sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the Sinister Six, there are so many iterations of it, them, and members always drop in and out. A combination of... Uh, are there always Vulture. six, or is it like a Big Ten situation? It's yeah, basically it's like it, it, there's six, and then in some other uh, versions of them, another one will one will drop out, one will drop in, but some type of com- a combination of Doctor Octopus, uh, Vulture, Scorpion, uh, who am I missing here? Rhino, um, sometimes Chameleon, and so far we've. I'm seen... actually reading through the Wikipedia right now. There's a Sinister, Sinister Six 1, 2, 3, 7, 6, 4, 12, 6, 5, 6, 6, 6, 7, Superior 6, 16, 66. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, don't, yeah. I know that anyway. it's fiction, so this is true no matter what, but it really seems like y'all are making this shit up as you go along. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But none, but nonetheless, I am looking. I'm really looking forward to see what they do with uh with the, with the Peter Parker character and 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 that going forward. That's going to be interesting as well. So now, Kevin Feige also talked about Avengers Four, and the fact that the title is actually a spoiler. The title of the movie will not be revealed till the very end of the year after the Captain Marvel trailer. Now, I posed this question to you guys before, and I'll pose it one more time. What do you guys actually think the title is now that we know that it's a spoiler? Anybody could go with this question. Something involving the word time, I think. Okay. Something involving the word time, probably. Um, uh, Or like, because y'all know my theory. It's It's not a unique theory that I think that they have to go back in time and fight mm-hmm. a bunch of battles over again and i think that uh i also think that he's being a little coy about saying that it's a spoiler like i think it would be a, something as simple as just like a theme because once again they want people to care about when they release the title which like good for them because mm-hmm. uh it's if you think about it in, in actuality it's really stupid to be thinking like oh I can't wait till they release the title of this movie um but that's kind of what they do with star wars too exactly though, or at least they, yeah yeah so. how about you need to Sorry, I like. There's a gardener outside, and I didn't hear none of that. But I heard (laughs) what do we think the title for Avengers Four is? And I heard you guys say time, and you're smart people, so I'm gonna go with that. (laughs) Something something time related, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't with you. (laughs) I really can't with you sometimes. (laughs) Um, you know, it's it's funny because. Um, some people really tried to put out in a video since I, I do keep track of these things since I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a psycho MCU fan. So I, 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 I tend to take a look at some of this stuff. Some people had fallen heroes. Um, 
I still think there's a chance it could be. I know Robin Lundberg had mentioned to us that Infinity Gauntlet might be one of them. Um, I have no idea, but I think Jake's uh, best summation uh, would make sense in terms of some type of time travel. Because obviously it seems like the quantum realm and uh, and uh, the BARF technology from Civil War are going to be used in some type of way for Ant-Man and probably Tony and probably the rest of the Avengers or at least a portion of them uh, to go back to certain moments in history. That's actually the theory that's being surmised, that they may have to go to certain points in history. Obviously, the Battle of New York and Avengers 1 is one huge one. And, uh, I mean, some of the uh, photo art has shown that we may see some uh, Professor Hulk. Oh, that's a good point. I should bring this up. Um, how would y'all feel about seeing Hulk uh, speak competently and intelligently in Avengers 4? Uh, Jake, I'll go with you since you're a big Hulk guy. Um, I think that I took it to be that he spent so much time as Hulk in uh, on what's the planet called on Ragnarok? Um, uh, Sakaar? Sakaar, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, like, he slowly gained, gained more verbal skills. I don't know. I think that I don't really know exactly what his verbal skills are in the comics. I assume that it, they vary widely from comic to comic. But I think it's definitely much more interesting. Um, if, if, if I, I want them to... I mean, they don't need to, but I think it would be interesting if they, they like, explained how... Because I think that that would be an f- interesting thing of, like, how the Hulk personality has developed after being alive for two consecutive years. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, that's going to have yeah. some effects on the Hulk. I totally agree with Jake, by the way. Right? Because, like, Thor and Ragnarok was so different than the Thor we had gotten used to on Earth in terms of his ability to, like, control what he actually wanted to do. Right? Like, he was just hanging out in the hot tub. Old Hulk mm-hmm. wouldn't have done that. Like, beyond the verbal skills, just in terms of, like, the way that the Hulk acts, I think, has developed a lot. And the fact that Bruce got to talk to the Hulk in Infinity War when he, you know, like, pussied out and was just saying no over and over again. That's something that is obviously, like, a huge development from the beginning. So I think that'd be dope. When you say Professor Hulk, like, in the comics, does he speak in any way like Hulk? Or he speaks, like, completely, like, competently? And, like, his voice is nothing like what we're used to with the Hulk? Like, what are we expecting if we're basing it off the comic end well well let me let me tell you a little something about uh world war uh, world war hulk um also i should add <laughs> i should add planet hulk into this discussion mm-hmm. as well by the time Which we, we get... did kind of get a little bit of like loosely in ragnarok right 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 right, yeah. right. right to a to a lesser extent i think one of the things um specifically in world war hulk because i i find that to be such a really fascinating story um, as the Hulk comes back to Earth after being sent away to Sakaar by uh, the Illuminati, Iron Man, uh, Doctor uh, Strange, a Black Bolt, and uh, Reed Richards. And obviously he has a child there in, um, mm-hmm. in, uh, on, on Sakaar. And on top of that, there... You- child on Sakaar? Guys, what? it's really loud outside, so every once in a while I can't hear you. Who has a child on cigar? Um, the Hulk does. Um, in in the comic. Child? In the comic. This in the is book. So topical. In the- <laughs> yes. I, yes. I, 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 I just, I, I mean, there are some. I just want to point out that at least one of us is thinking about the obvious logistical questions. Anyway, continue. 
<laughs> nobody, nobody was thinking about that. Oh, I was. Dude, I absolutely my was. Brain, uh, nah, my brain went. I mean, the they did address it in. Uh, like, how logistically does a Hulk dick fit inside of something? Because my brain didn't ex- go there. I'm, I'm not proud to say it, but that is exactly <laughs> where my mind went. Yeah. I like. I hear you, mm. but no, no. Okay. Technically, oh, they addressed that in a scene in The Incredible Hulk where. Edward Norton's Hulk is not able to. Oh yeah, you're have right. Sex with, He's not allowed to. He's yeah. not able to have sex without turning into. Because he gets Hulk. too excited without yeah. turning the Hulk. Yeah, I forgot about That's that. So funny, but yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, but yeah. So to kind of round out the story, so basically he does have a child, but the planet gets destroyed, and he loses both <laughs> his wife and his child. So he takes blame on basically those uh, four heroes that I mentioned that sent him there. And he comes back to Earth and he basically, you know, he he basically beats the shit out of everybody. And um, I for, who did he get stopped by? I think it was by a character named the Sentry that uh, that finally stopped him after he uh, the Hulk and his minions captured everybody. And uh, he was just—he was just mad. He was just as mad. He was mad, but then he was—he was speaking in such coherent sentences, and he used all of the big words that you could think of, all of the mm-hmm. euphemisms that you could think of. So I think that version—I think there's a good chance that we could see that in Avengers Four because I think there's going to be a little bit of a time jump from when Infinity War ended and when in Avengers Four begins. So that. That part is why I think uh, seeing Professor Hulk would be fun, and uh, whether maybe um, sorry to interrupt, maybe that's the answer to what happens in Infinity War, where Hulk, as he currently is, is too afraid to come out. So it's on Bruce to adopt all of Hulk's feature physical features while retaining his mentality, because clearly Bruce Banner is willing to go to battle. It's just that Hulk isn't. So maybe that's how you get your Professor Hulk out of it. Hulk's yeah, that's... Wait, what's that, Neat? I said Hulk's such a pussy. Such mm. a <laughs> you still mad at him for, for, for Infinity War? Homeboy went missing. What do you mean? Am I, I mean, I'm not, like, okay. I'm not going to get too heated because it's a movie and I'm trying to be cool, but I'm also really caffeinated, but also, like, fuck the Hulk. Right? Okay, cool. I'm I think the that. most frustrating thing for me is I'm trying to figure out when the Spurs are going to trade the Hulk because I don't know when that's going to be. <laughs> but the Spurs need... are going to trade the <laughs> No, where are your brains at? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Shit, like, when are the Spurs gonna break the Hulk? That's funny. Oh man! Wow, good one, Jerome. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Jake, give him a Hakeem Nicks laugh for that one. Uh, <laughs> all right, so. So this kind of leads to the last uh, MCU thing before I go on my Marvel TV situation. Uh, obviously, yeah. Ant- Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out next week. I'm looking forward to this movie for a variety of reasons. Because A, I'm looking for any damn connection I could get to Avengers 4. Mm-hmm. And B, B, more Luis, of course. I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing Luis again. Uh, C, I get to see it with my buddy Jake, so Thank that's you. gonna be. Fun. I was hoping that was that's... one of the letters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's there, and uh, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm and, so excited to see it. And D, um, obviously you kind of look because Infinity War was so much. Oh it was so it was so heavy. It was mm-hmm. it was so heavy, and there was a lot 
Uh, I remember all of our reactions afterwards. I didn't even talk to y'all till the next day uh, <laughs> because I was just so there was just so much to process. So now we go into a movie that I think is supposed to be a little bit more lighthearted, but we get to kind of view what uh, the quantum realm means to the future of the MCU because the, the you know the MCU has kind of talked about the quantum realm being a relevant part of the MCU going forward uh, on from this movie. So what what are the what are the things you guys are looking uh, most forward to seeing in Ant Man and the Wasp? Uh, Neats, I'll start with you. Um, well, first off, I'm excited for the two post credit scenes because I imagine that uh, they matter. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone is saying, and that's always hype. We know that the post credit scenes mean a lot. Um, in terms of the overall thing, I'm excited for Ant Man to matter because the first Ant Man was hilarious right but when people were going into infinity war and they were like okay is there anything that i could skip i'm like ant-man realistically mm-hmm. like you totally skip that movie and nothing mm-hmm. will really matter other than like his cameo in civil war which was you know like a mini second you don't really need to know anything about him um i'm excited for ant-man to like become a relevant part of the mcu and i now understand why marvel because you know how i feel about the fact that like marvel doesn't make anything insignificant they don't waste time and they don't waste characters or anything the fact that like barf is probably which is such an awful name for the technology but okay the fact that barf is coming back is awesome like all these random things we don't think about to me ant-man had none of that so now that it's going to become like ultra relevant um i don't know that gets me excited because it's like one more character you know to be hyped about Right, because everyone's kind of dead. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jerome, what do you? What's your excitement level? Well, I mean, we know from the pod that I was a big fan of Ant Man, big fan of Louise. Uh, so excited to see all that. Um, I'm interested in seeing how exactly they make Scott Lang Ant Man relevant. Because even when we talk about how this film is going to matter for the greater MCU and for uh, Avengers Four, it seems to lean more toward Hank Pym and Quantum Realm and what he knows and what he's capable of. So I'm not sure exactly like how they're going to convert it and like make Scott Lang, like his character himself, a relevant, important piece to this. Um, So that'd be interesting to see. And yeah, like you said, it's going to be nice to get lighthearted with it, um, to have something that takes away like all the dramatic tension of Avengers uh, Infinity War and yeah, I'm just excited for another MCU film to come back. I, I think when we did all the films leading up together, I just felt like an MCU film was coming out every week. It wasn't that we were just watching a film every week and talking about it. Yeah. So it's it's going to be nice to have another MCU film back, something new that we can dive into. Cool. Oh, well, uh, Jake, how about you? Um, sorry, one second. There was a fire truck going by my apartment. Uh, anyway, that uh, so. I'm excited for the post credit scenes because I assume one of them is going to be, like, my prediction is that, I don't know who, but one of the post credit scenes is going to be the uh, snap happening and someone important in Scott's life uh, disappearing. Um, oh, yeah. My, if, I don't think Marvel will do it, but I think if they, I, I actually, they might because of what they did with Infinity War. I think if we want... The way that I think you could best get Scott to be an important character in Avengers 4 is if you make it his daughter disappears. Because um, he's yeah. the only one with a child, which... Oh uh, my god, what is wrong with you? <laughs> my heart just dropped. 
I'm trying. I'm trying to make good narratives, Neats. Um. <laughs> Yo, we we just had Infinity War. Can you imagine going to Infinity War, feeling heartbroken, and then you go to Ant Man? You're like, oh, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna laugh. This is gonna be great. And his daughter dies. I would okay. almost. I would. I would bet a lot of money. I would bet a lot of money that one of the post credit scenes is the snap from his perspective. That I imagine. Because I'm imagining that the, the, this movie happens almost concurrently with, like, happens right before Infinity War. So, yeah, yeah. that's what I imagine. Right. Um, uh, yeah. But I think oh it'll be, uh, whoever it is, it'll be fascinating. It, actually, another thing about it, it probably is, Hank Pym probably will disappear just because that's, then that explains why Hank Pym's not the one doing all the Quantum Realm stuff. Right. That makes sense. That's yeah, fair. it does. Yeah. And also, I could see it's possible. I could see Wasp, but not Wasp uh, disappearing, too. Um, I think that could happen. Uh, I think uh, Hope could be in some trouble there. And wow, yeah, that's that's a great play. If you really want to make the stakes where Scott feels compelled to have to join up um, and help help probably Tony more than anybody else, uh, uh, Tony and Cap deal with what they have to deal with in Avengers 4, uh, we might see something like that. I'm also really interested in seeing Lawrence Fishburne as Goliath. That's going to mm-hmm. be fun. Um and they're gonna have. To, they're also going to rescue uh, Hope's Hope's mom, which is uh, they have to go into the the quantum realm. And Michelle Pfeiffer will be making an appearance. That should be fun as well. And um, I'm also a big Walton Goggins guy. He's playing. I think he's playing one of the one of the villains in the movie. Um, Walton Goggins. You know Walt him Goggins from. Is in a movie, therefore he's playing one of the villains. Anyway, it's just a given. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> he's just yeah. He's just one of the, one of my favorite TV. Uh, if you don't know the name, TV actors. you know Walt Goggins as a villain in a movie that you watched. For sure. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like also, you know that guy also, who's like m- like stands out from how racist he is in Django Unchained. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. <laughs> Also, uh, what you call Boyd Crowder from the legendary show on FX, Justified. Shout out to the Justified, one of my top five TV shows of all time. Just had to throw that in there. Now, as before, before finally, before I get to my Marvel uh, TV takes to close the show, um, I just realized that this news po- uh, popped up today. Um, Jared Leto is going from the DC's Joker to a Marvel movie that they're doing Morbius the Living Vampire. Now, if you guys don't know Morbius, Morbius is a Spider-Man, um, I guess, I kind Morbius. of... Yeah, Sorry, you remember him from the animated series? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so, like, Morbius is, like, this kind of, like, villain, kind of, like, anti-hero. Um, my, my thing is, I just never gave a fuck about Morbius like that to even care. Why is he getting a movie? I don't know. Um, I don't know how y'all feel about it, if y'all have any thoughts about it. I, I know Jake is, like, into, you know, the whole uh, Hollywood scene and actors and stuff like that, so I don't know how you would I feel would, about I want Jared Leto to never act again ever in the history of the world. <laughs> Jared Yo, Leto, okay. personality is just, just to, just to focus on your music, the, his Joker is so, ah, my God. And, and, like, the fact that, like, you hear stories about him on set of Suicide Squad where, like, yeah. In order to oh get my god. Character, he like it's mailed every person in the in the cast a envelope full of bullets. It's like, dude, just fucking act. Like, I mean, don't make your life miserable. I remember they asked Viola Davis about that, and she just said, "In the perfect Viola Davis, just like, I mean, he didn't do that to me, and uh, I'm very glad he didn't because I don't know we wouldn't get along on set." But yeah, <laughs> I just I don't... wait. Is this so? Is he in a Marvel movie that's actually so he's going to be connected to the Spider-Man franchise? It's not like some standalone Marvel thing. 
I don't know because I I feel like it might be one of those things that's like similar to what they're doing with Venom. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's um, more that. Yeah. I'm fine with it because it's like okay, it's a movie. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. But it doesn't like affect the overall thing that they built. Kind of like how Deadpool isn't really in the universe, right? No, but no, it's you not know at what all. the th- you know what? But you know what the thing is? Like Deadpool is a character that okay, I could legitimately see you making a movie for. Uh, Venom is a character that I could see you legitimately making a movie from. Who the fuck gives a, a shit about Morbius? I don't care no, about Morbius. Not all of us read the comics. So you say that, and I'm like, okay, I don't know shit about him. But if they make a good product, they make a good movie, they make a good movie. I mean, I you guess. Know, I don't know anything about Venom either. So I don't care about either one of them equally. Wait, how you ain't know about Venom, Nitan? What's happening here? Oh, like, the very minimum. But if you ask me to, like, go into it, it's like, no. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we don't like we don't people that don't read the comics don't have that connection of like oh i'm so hyped to see this specific character you uh-huh. just read marvel and they kind of they could do whatever they want as long as they make a good movie then cool we're gonna keep going does that make sense yeah yes it does yes it does absolutely all right so finally finally Should i just read this one excerpt just because jake brought it up um yes go about, ahead uh, jared leto as joker on set um and subtitle Will Smith never met Jared Leto on set. What? <laughs> Wait, we worked together for six months, and we've never exchanged a word outside of action and cut. We've never said hello. We've never said good day. I've only ever spoken to him as Deadshot and him as the Joker. I literally have not met him yet. Not a single word exchanged off camera. He was all in on the Joker. Okay. That's too much. Yeah. Do you? Wow. Like, no, wow. no, but, but act good. Like when Daniel Day Lewis acts as Abraham Lincoln, it's good because he like. But like, Jared right. Joker's bad. So I mean, I don't know. I have no patience for that. Anyway, uh, no, no, neither do I. Neither do I. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> you Suicide know, Squad was trash, anyways. Go for it. Um, don't again. We'll get spoiler alert. At some point, we will be talking about that movie. I can't believe that it's happening, but it's how happening. are we letting Twitter dictate what we watch in our lives? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> anyway. I'll make shots right before. Um, yeah, I know. I'm going to take a couple shots and just dial in, and you guys are going like, <laughs> to hang up on me, I swear to God. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try and survive. But all right, so finally, to close this show, just a couple of quick thoughts on Marvel TV Universe. And yes, uh, yes, I, I know there are so, <laughs> they, obviously to this panel, it's a little bit different because, you know, you guys and Jake has talked about watching s- the stuff on Netflix. I watch the stuff on Netflix. Um, I've also taken an interest lately into Cloak and Dagger, which I think um, through its first, I think, what were we, four or five episodes in? It's been a really, really fascinating, fascinating show on Freeform. Um, I kind of love the dark element to the story, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna and and guys who are listening and everybody who's listening right now, I'm tr- I'm gonna try and sell uh, my teammates a little bit on on uh, Cloak and Dagger because I do think Cloak <laughs> okay. and Dagger is is is, is actually a, so far has been a legitimately good show. I think there I think the the actors um, I think one one of the names Olivia Holt and uh, Aubrey Joseph who who play both uh, Cloak and Dagger on the show I think have done a really good job of playing two really brooding teens and I think it's I think it's just an interesting look at that 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 story of of how they're connected to each other um, and not to get too spoilerific with it um, just basically the two of them um, have a connection to each other um, as children and. 
you know, obviously both of them at the time that they developed that connection went through uh, some very traumatic experiences uh, with family members dying. And, you know, some years later, they reunite in some weird type of type of circumstance. And they're obviously trying to both uncover mysteries of what happened to their family members who were killed in, in that instance. And I think there's just something to be said for when you have a story that in some ways is not only kind of heartbreaking, but also kind of cool and seeing, you know, two young people with powers trying to figure it out. I, I always find those stories uh, very interesting. So I don't know if you guys will ever check it out. But if if but in my personal record book, um, I would encourage uh, you guys to take a look at it because I think I'll it's tell actually... you what, Anthony. Yeah, just made a hella compelling case to check it out. I like can't <laughs> even lie. Like that sounds really dope. I would if it wasn't so dark because all the do, don't you feel like outside of Shield, whatever, a mm-hmm. lot of Marvel TV universe is just so dark. Like so dark. I like, maintain. Can't... I maintain that the darkest thing I've ever seen on television is the end of the first episode of Jessica Jones. That's a okay, thing. Yeah. So oh I'm, my! Yep, I'm you're right. I can't watch like the super super. Dark I don't think. I don't think Cloak and Dagger is as dark though because it's on free. I doubt it. Yeah, and I can't imagine. Yeah, it's it's not. And I don't. I don't mean dark from the sense of like super violence or anything like that. I no, mean no, dark. I'm not... Yeah. Like the fact that you're talking about all their family members dying as soon as you said that. As soon as you said that, I'm like, yeah, I can't watch this show. That's like, yeah. they like they're heavy. Jessica Jones was also super heavy. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's not, you know. Yeah, but, but I yeah give it a, a shot. Yeah, give it a shot. Uh, give it, I'll give it a shot. Give it a couple episodes. I think you would find it actually interesting. I think they're. You know, there aren't as many issues with this show to this point in terms of pacing. I like that the fact that they've taken the time to tell the story of both of these two characters and um, everything that's brought them to the point that they are at. And also in terms of trying to figure out their their powers. And also, it is interesting that both of them not only have the ability to both do what they do, um, she's able to create knives, he's able to teleport anywhere. Um, they also... He can see people's uh, greatest fears, and she could see people's greatest hopes. And I think it's a nice, it's a nice like uh, reflection of each other, and also getting to look at, at both the positive of having those types of powers and the negatives of having those types of powers. And in terms of promoting the the idea of not only uh, diversity but also just i think the emotional the emotional uh weight of things and for me who's just like heavy into that type of um writing and exposition and and, because i i just love to write about all types of different things as far as life is concerned and my poetry and stuff like that so i it, it the show hit home with me on a level that um i was legitimately surprised at so if if y'all get around to it, that would be cool, and then maybe eventually we can talk about it on here. But I'm not; it's not no big thing. I know there are there are a couple of people who have replied and have had like legitimately uh, good conversations with about the series to this point. But you know, with with time and so many other movies that we have to get to and stuff like that, um, you know, it may take a while to get there. But in terms of Cloak and Dagger, that's an A plus in my book so far. 
Um, I w- wanted to get to obviously the the Netflix TV series, uh, Jake. So, Jake, you've watched every one of them besides uh, Luke Cage uh, season um, two, right? I hate to tell you this because I know you loved it. I couldn't make it through all of the Punisher, but yeah, everything other than that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, no, I understand. The Punisher is not for everybody. The Punisher is not for everybody because I think some people didn't like um some of the turns that it took in terms of the uh, gratuitous violence like Honestly, meets I not... just wasn't I just wasn't yeah. compelled by like it's a show that like cause all of them are most most of them are like mystery based ultimately and uh, yeah, I was right. not interested in figuring out by episode 5 I wasn't interested in figuring out what the mystery the salt the end of the mystery was so I stopped watching it um but anyway that's yeah. Well, I, well, the one thing I will say about that series is the back half of the season actually gets um, a lot better, and I feel like the close to the the close to the show is very interesting and a very good setup for season two. Um, obviously, anybody who's watched The Punisher knows how violent that last uh, fight between um, Frank and his buddy Billy was. That was pretty rough uh, to see at the end. Um, and yeah, I would say consider the Punisher up there in terms of the Netflix series. Um, as far as I know, everybody's been talking about Luke Cage a lot in the past week. I haven't finished the season as of yet. Um, there are issues with it, of course. Um, I think Alan Sepinwall, who writes for Rolling Stone, does a really good job of kind of detailing what those issues are in terms of pacing and not and the Netflix Marvel TV shows having the same similar problem in terms of they're not being enough story to justify 13 episodes um a lot of things tend to drag like by the time you get to like one of them for example luke cage season one luke cage season one was going along very well and i think they pulled out the surprise of killing uh, Cottonmouth off um in episode six i want to say and once they did once they did that and I think the 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 next villain, Diamondback, um, his half brother, was just not not as compelling. No. And there, it, and yeah, just it was not, not the same performance. I mean, I mean, obviously, yes, no one's going to touch Mahershala Hashbaz Ali, but uh, yeah, it just was. I don't need, Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, it's yeah, it wasn't great. So the rest of it tended to drag. Um, I found. I found the defenders even could have been a couple of episodes shorter Correct. because I think what I think what tends to happen in all of these shows and it's wait, it's, wait, wait. there's someone called the defenders. Yeah. Well, it's the comb- yeah. it's a com- it's a combination it's of Netflix all four Avengers. heroes. Yeah, basically. Okay, that's a lame ass name. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I think one of the things that's uh, that's interesting, and it's why like I don't have a problem with us not talking about the Netflix TV shows in general, um, mm-hmm. because they all run into the same problem. There's yeah. they, you know, all of these shows basically have 13 episodes, and there's just not enough story. Yeah, I to... think the only one that that I didn't feel that way about was, uh, I mean, I feel like Jessica Jones season one could have been one episode shorter, but that was the closest one to, um, yeah. That was very good. But also, once yes. again, that's the whole thing of like first season Daredevil. Did that drag really? Uh, I don't no, remember. I know. Like, wasn't I it only like ten? Wasn't it only well. ten episodes? Or am I crazy? Season one, I think, was season two okay. is the full thirteen. Exactly. That's, um, I think okay. that's why because there's ten episodes. That, that is your answer. Yeah. Okay. Also, yeah, I think I think Daredevil two. A problem with it was that it. Um, I think it gave up on like for the first like four ep- four or five episodes. It was the idea of Wilson Fisk was so scary, so scary, so scary, and then like. Mm-hmm. They like very quickly, he very quickly became not scary anymore, 
Uh, he just became mm-hmm. a dude. And also, I, I, I sincerely could not give less of a shit about the hand stuff in that. I don't care. Yeah, they're not. They're not compelling villains. The they're not is the not... type of people that you're gonna make. They're not gonna make you care about like, oh, okay, we have to stop these people, and why. And I think that's why the defenders wasn't as good as I think a lot of people yeah. expected it to be because of who they were fighting. They weren't fighting like a particular supervillain. Yeah. They were just fighting a whole bunch of a whole bunch of dudes and and a whole bunch again, of women. Killgrave is such a good villain, and so Kingpin yes. is a good villain too. Like there's there's two scenes that I, that come to mind um, about just great villains in the TV universe. It's obviously like the one in Daredevil is when uh, someone in like an interrogation room says Wilson Fisk, and then the cops look at each other and they like, oh, I did it last week," and then one of them punches the other one in the face, and then the other one pulls out a gun and shoots the guy because they like, are on the payroll. Like that's like you're like, "Oh my god, this guy controls everything." And then in mm-hmm. Jessica Jones, the scene also in a police station where he gets everyone to hold the guns to their throats until Jessica comes to them. Like, right? Like all these like these scenes are like there's tension because it's a. Like, supervillains are great, and The Hand is not a supervillain. It's like a amorphous, all-powerful, all mysterious, blah, 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 who cares? You know what right. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think one of the issues of Daredevil Season 2, mainly, is the idea of just putting too much. Um, I think it, I, I, it was cool to see the Punisher and Daredevil have that conversation, I think, in Episode 2 or 3, about... You know, how to be a hero or be a vigilante or killing people is the right way to do things. Getting rid of people is the right way to do things as opposed to um, just simply beating them up and arresting them. Um, I I found that that conversation to be interesting. But see, when you have Punisher and you add um, what's her face, Electra and um, the hand and also, some, sometimes I'm out on the person yeah. who plays Electra can act. I'm out. I thought, no, it was, I thought it was yeah. an accent thing, and then I'm like, oh, no, she just can't act. <laughs> <laughs> not, no, yeah, not, definitely not great. So that, and then um, obviously everybody knows that Iron Fist was, was super, super trash. That's where I fell out of the, like, the Netflix Marvel. Yeah. I think the last thing I saw was Daredevil Season 2, unless Luke Cage came after that. Like, if, one, you whatever guys, one if you guys want to read an early piece of, a piece of writing I wrote before this whole thing, I had an old pop culture blog, and uh, you can I'll tweet it out when this episode's out. I wrote an article. Oh, called, wow. I wrote an article called Nine Things That Are Bad About Iron Fist That Aren't the Fact That the Main Character's White. Because, like, that's obviously the bad <laughs> thing about it. Right. Yeah, but, like, yeah, nine yeah, things that yeah. are bad about it that aren't that. Anyway, um, yeah. Wow. Um, wow. Oh, I can't wait to read that. That, uh, that, that That's going to be interesting because I found myself at, by, like, episode, I would say, two or three of Iron Fist saying to myself, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to get through I, this. I, came, oh, wow. I actually came up with the idea for that article as a way to be like, Jake, you got to get through this. Like, I was like, I'm like okay, you got to get through it so you can write this article. <laughs> that was your motivation at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, now in terms of of terms of the latest thing that's out now, Luke Cage. I mean, there, there. I mean, I've been talking about it on Twitter. In terms of the Jamaican accents on the show, are just so awful. They're so horrible. They're so horrible. It's just what's so your bad. Opinion? What's your opinion on it? I'm trying to think of the the term I can use because uh, obviously people accuse uh, Luke Cage of being I don't know a certain term that Rob Parker once accused Rob Griffin the third of being. What's your opinion <laughs> on on that t- take? Because I feel like. I, the clip I saw of him dabbing, it's like, ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, when I saw that shit, oh, my God. Like, 
uh, what you call it? I, now, some people, like that person who, who tweeted that link out, said that they, they had to stop watching it. I don't now, blame I, them. <laughs> I kept watching it. But, yo, I was cracking up in the sense, like, yo, what the fuck? I mean, it reminds Dude, me of why, in, or in why the fuck one, did they decide to do that? In season one, there was that line where someone where someone called him the N-word with the A, and then he went on that whole, like, respectability politics speech, and I'm like, wow, Luke Cage. Uh, and, yeah, so I, I don't have any, I don't have a lot of thoughts, mostly because, like, it's not my place, but you know what I mean? Like, ugh. Yeah, no, listen, man, that was horrible. And I think most, uh, most of black culture, um, definitely black Twitter, was, uh, was shocked and appalled at that, at that dab and why the fuck did they do that dab? I just don't know why. That was just, and it was like the worst way. And you know, the episode was pretty, uh, solid. Uh, shout out to, uh, Reg E. Kathy, uh, R.I.P. Rest in peace. Um, the God. The God. Yeah, man. Um, and so many different things, uh, such great performances. And he's really good in this, too. His his scenes with Luke are probably the best in the show to this point. I still got five episodes I gotta, to go. I, that's actually oh. motivation for me to watch it now, that Reggie Cathy's in it, because he was the best Yeah, because it's, it's, it's the last thing he was in. And, and of course, best, his character was, on The Wire. Oh, my God. His character on The Wire is so good. Um, but, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, yeah. I have nothing more to say about that. We've been going 50 minutes, and... Uh, yeah, I think that I think that. I mean, funny well, enough, we insisted we wouldn't talk about Marvel TV shows, and here we are spending most of this podcast talking about Marvel TV shows. So we, did it, we, we did it for a good portion. Uh, Neat you do what you do when you're popping. I yeah, hard you muted myself for all of that, but I rolled <laughs> my eyes a lot, especially every time you guys said the Defenders because it sounds like the Revengers, but like lamer. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, I'm, I, I'm actually surprised, Neats, that you're not interested in it because they, the, the place they're based is your old neighborhood, if I remember correctly. I know. Oh my god, I love Hell's Kitchen. No, I mean, <laughs> are, are, are you being patronizing? I, th- I thought you actually did love Hell's Kitchen. I love Hell's. I, okay. I love Hell's. I love Hell's Kitchen. It's so noisy. It's like there's always people around. There's always lights. It's my favorite. But um, what was I gonna say? Defender sounds hella lame. I agree. So. Yeah. So okay, so quickly, just for some housekeeping notes, uh, Nitsan, uh has a mission. She has to watch Deadpool two at some point, so then we could do a Deadpool two <laughs> episode. <laughs> that's uh, that's on the list. Um, also, uh, what you call? Sorry, it? could if I you... just share one note about just yeah. when we were talking about uh, Luke Cage season two, and specifically the dad? I believe I was at. We were all chatting with each other at the time because it was the weekend. We were going through. You know, because we do talk outside of this pod. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I remember uh, Anthony explaining, like, I'm going to watch this, get through this this weekend. And I'm just like, ah, do I want to pop into these, like, Netflix Marvel films? And then I started going through the Twitter timeline, and I see a dab, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, wait- I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for Anthony to, like, give me final verdict on this. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. What you call it? Maybe, maybe, maybe at the end of the Ant Man pod, I'll give a, a, a update at the end of how I feel, how I felt mm-hmm. about season two of Luke Cage. I'll do that. Um, I, I do, I do hope that uh, Nitsan <laughs> checks out one of these uh, Marvel TV shows at one point, just so we could get her her great takes because she has the take gauntlet. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the meantime, we're gonna we're gonna eventually get to Deadpool two, and then obviously we'll talk about Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, hopefully. Uh, within the week or so that it comes out, but mm-hmm. um, before we get out of here, obviously, uh, Nitsan Bluffstein, where can we follow you? 
Oh, bet. So you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, shit, what's my Twitter one? I think it says Woov. It's N-I-T-Z-B-L-U-V. And you can follow me on Instagram at N-I-T-Z-N-A-T-Z-B. It's not B, I think. God, I have no idea. Someone call me out if that's wrong. But you follow me, you know, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> she really is. Uh, Jerome Jake. <laughs> um, uh, you, can f- you can follow me at Black Dragon Roll on Twitter. And uh, the same for Instagram, actually, too. Um, and I'm actually really excited because I'm going to get to meet Nitz in a couple of weeks, uh, shortly after Ant-Man, at that hey, Vegas you. live show. Yeah. Thoughts. What? We're definitely doing Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Christie with the nasally voice. Go ahead, sir. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Jay Christie. Listen to my other podcast. It's called Sorted History. Um, I really like what I've been doing recently there. Uh, and yeah, uh, I'm not on Instagram, and unfortunately, I will not be at the live show in Vegas because I do not have you will the be money missed for sure to pay for either the for, for the t- I mean for the ticket or hotel. So, mm-hmm. uh, but next time uh, in New York, I'll see yeah. Oh yeah, hopefully yeah. Same same with me. Unfortunately, can't make it. Already has some things planned, but I hope Nissan and uh, Jerome definitely enjoy it. I hope everybody who goes to that show enjoy it. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, shout out to Count the Dings. Uh, we would not be here if it weren't for Jade Hoy and Count the Dings. Correct. Um, that's very I, true. Um, what should you call it? So I am very, I'm very grateful to what they continue to do. So support those people, all those guys and gals. And of course, obviously, I'm Anthony Kant on the third AC Spotlight nine five on Twitter. I mean, if you want to look me up on Instagram, poet uh, was a poet AC nine five eight six. Um, and also AC Spotlight, the podcast. I'm sorry, I keep on staring at this photo that I shared in the group chat. It's just, anyway, keep going. <laughs> Poet AC9586, AC Spotlight, the podcast. Obviously, Marvel Cinematic University. Subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you guys for reviewing so far. Um, we, we really appreciate it. And uh, we will be talking to you guys soon. And we'll try not to fade away. Take care. Mm-hmm.